Welcome to I'm That Proverbs 31 Girl, where we reveal the positive, powerful, phenomenal essence of who you really are so that you are healed, empowered, transformed into who God created you to be. I am your host, Cynthia McClary, and if you are ready to see yourself with a new set of eyes and understand how to live out your purpose every day on purpose, you are definitely in the right place. Are you ready? Let's jump into today's podcast. All right, so we're actually going to continue um, from the previous episode. So uh, thank you again. I'm, I'm not sure how I'm actually going to release this. I think I may just release all of the episodes at one time. Um, but if I don't, then I want to welcome you back to I'm That Proverbs 31 Girl. I'm your host, Cynthia McClary. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you missed the first episode, go back to the first episode, listen to that, and then pick up on this one. This is the continuation of the of the previous episode. So, so we left off of the previous episode. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about dry bones as in Ezekiel 37, but the dry bones that the bones that we're talking about specifically is the dry bone of marriage. And we left off, I was talking about us, us girls, daddy's girls, allowing our emotions to be our God, to be our lowercase g-o-d instead of allowing the true and living God and now you think about this and think about how backwards this is think about how how disjointed this is how just how not great this is because I don't know a better word to say so now this is the God, and I'm talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm talking about Jesus's, Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the God that we serve. The God that we get up in the morning, we pray to, we say our prayers, we pray. The God that we worship and praise on Sunday, and if, we, and if we're really good, we do it throughout the week, sometimes throughout the day, all day, every day. The same God we read about in the Bible. The, the same God that we believe is the God who heals. The, the same Jehovah Jireh. The same Jehovah Shama. The same Jehovah Shalom. This God, that God. The same God that if our child is on a bed of sickness or is sick in some way, this is the God that we reach out to, that we call upon. This is the God that we want with us. And this is the God that we say, God, heal my baby. That God, 
God, protect my child as they leave this house, go to school and, or do whatever it is that they're doing. That God. Now, how is it then that when it comes to issues like or situations, circumstances, like our marriage, what happens in our home? What's happening in our home? How is it then that we, that same God that we uphold when we really need him? How is it then that we push him in the closet or sit him in the corner or tell him, Lord, hold up. I got this one. Listen, that is exactly what we do every single time. We shut God's mouth. We bind up his hands every single time that anything happens and we allow our emotions to lead us. We allow our emotions to make decisions. We allow our emotions to speak, to, 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 to provoke our heart, to bring forth words out of our mouth that creates death. Now, the, the scripture says that the power of life and death, where is it at? It's in our tongue. It's on our tongue. And scripture also says, and whoever, love, whoever loves it, they're going to eat the fruit of their tongue. What does that mean? That means if you are speaking death, if you are allowing your emotions to lead you to speak words of death, over your marriage, over your spouse, over your situation, over your issue. God's word says, the same God that we believe, his word says, you're going to get exactly what you just spoke. I don't care if your emotions led you to do it. I don't care if the devil made you do it. You're going to get what you just spoke. So if there is any reason for us to put our emotions in check, why not let that be the reason? Because God, I don't want these foolish words that I'm saying, these idle words that are floating out of my mouth because he made me mad or because he did something that I don't like or because of whatever the issue is. Even when... Something happens that I don't like, that I don't agree with, whatever it is, as big or as small as you can imagine. Let even the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord. And and a lot of times what happens is we put our own self in the way. We take God out of the way and we put our own self in the way. Meaning we become the number one priority. And yes, I know that there are things that can happen, that can hurt, that can, oh, I know that I understand that. But even in knowing and understand that there is still the word of God. And baby, whatever you let flow out of your mouth, unless that is the thing that you're willing to sit at the table every day and eat, Because you're going to reap what you sow. Whatsoever flows out of your mouth, oh, it's coming back. 
That's what, that's what you're going to see. That's what's going to be served for breakfast, lunch, and dinner in your life. So now we have a choice. We can either be led by our emotions. And remember, the scripture says that one who is not able to keep their emotions in check is just like a city without walls. Anything can come in. How do you think, how do you think in so many situations now, and, and, and if we're real honest with ourselves, and this is the thing that we have to be, we got to be real honest with ourselves. We got to be real honest with self. Don't with ourselves. Don't even be honest with me. Be honest with God. A lot of times the things that show up in our home, the things that show up in our marriage, they just don't show up because they show up. They show up because they've been invited. Who invited them? Your words. Say that again. Who invited those things? Your words. Your your words that you spoke out of your emotions. Sent the invitation. And all they did was showed up because you invited them. You invited them into your home. You invited them into your marriage. So it's either we're going to be led by God or we're going to be led by our emotions, but we can't have it both way. You can't serve God and mammon. So you can't, God can't be the God of your life, but then your emotions reign. Proverbs three, five, and six says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. That includes girl, don't allow your emotions to be out here making decisions for you, telling you what to do. No, you tell your emotions what to do and what your emotions are is going to, what your emotions will do is submit themselves to the word of God and to the will of God. If you're going to change anything in your life, you have to start right there. That's a great place to start. And again, I'm I'm not going to even say that again. Nope. I'm not going to say that again. Um, so we got to get our emotions in check. That does not mean be emotionless. No, it just means that your emotions are servants. They're not masters. God did not give you emotions to replace him. Now I'm going to say that again. God did not give you, me, and no one else emotions to replace him. So you are, you're either going to be led by the spirit of God, or you're going to be led by your emotions and your emotions are not God. You, they're not interchangeable. It's one or the other. There's no gray area, no gray area. It's literally black or white, no gray, no middle ground. You can't sit on the fence with this one. So either you're going to get your emotions out of the place that God is supposed to reign in your life, or you're going to get God out of his seat and allow your emotions to reign. But you can't have it both ways. And trying to have it both ways is what is producing the dry bones of marriage. Producing it and allowing it to stay. Now, am I saying that, 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 that your one word created the situation that you're in? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not, that's not what God is saying. 
So maybe a situation happened. Your words is allowing that situation to continue and not just continue, but to even get worse. Go back to Ezekiel 37. These, these bones just weren't dry. They were very dry. Take the temperature of your marriage and be honest. Be honest. God can't fix what you are not willing to admit to. You know, you remember when God went back, I think it was to, um, he went back to his hometown. And because of the fact that, you know, everybody in his hometown knew who he was. They knew his brothers, his sisters, his mom, and his daddy. And matter of fact, I think scripture says that, that they said, isn't that Joseph? Isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't that Joseph's boy? Because these people, because of their unbelief, and I think a part of their unbelief was the fact that they weren't willing to admit that, hey, this is this dude that I grew up with and I need him, but I, I'm not going to admit that I need him. Yes, I need healing, but I'm not going to admit, I'm not going to let him see that I need him. And that's how we treat God sometimes. Like, I'm not going, I'm not going to let him know that I'm really hurting as bad as I'm hurting. Well, what happened? What happened? What does scripture tell us happened in his own hometown? Because of their unbelief, because of, and listen, I, I, I believe that their unbelief had to do with the fact that, that they were too prideful to admit that, yeah, man, we might have played football together. You know, I'm talking about them and Jesus, which I know Jesus didn't play football. Well, probably didn't play football with them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they probably hung up. They knew who he was. They knew who his parents was. They knew his family. But it was probably the pride in their heart. And, you know, sometimes we get that way. The pride in our heart causes us to not Submit to not be truthful and say, dude, I need you. Yep, my marriage sucks. I, I don't care how it looks to nobody else. In this house, this thing sucks. It's not just dry, but it is dry, dry. It is very dry and I need you. It says Jesus was not able to perform any miracles. Why? Because of their unbelief. And I think their unbelief was also stuck to and tied to pride. So now we're going to go back into Ezekiel 37. Last, uh, last episode, we, I, I think we read up until verse four. So I'm going to start. And again, this is the New King James Version, Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm starting with verse four. So it says, again, he said to me, well, I'm going to start over from verse one and we're going to try. Yeah, we're going to start from verse one. So it says the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. And we said last week, every place you see bones put marriage. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. Verse three, 
And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Son of man, can these marriages live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. Verse four, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That's where we stopped last week. Hear the word of the Lord. So God is waiting on you to open up your mouth. And speak to the dry situation. Speak to the dead situation. Speak to the very dry situation. Speak to the very dead situation of your marriage. The word of the Lord. Not your flesh. Not your emotion. Not what mama said, daddy said, grandma said, sister said, blah, 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 blah. But what God said. Open up your mouth and speak what God said. To your situation. Verse number five. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. And again, wherever you see bones, put marriage. Put, and specifically put your marriage. So thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely. Surely. If we just stop right there on surely, truly, verily, verily, one thing that I can bet you, you can take this to the bank with beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's surely. So he says, surely I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. If we, if we just stop right there, that's enough right there for an altar call. That's enough right there for, that would be enough. Surely God says, speak to your, speak to your marriage. I need you to open your mouth, say it to your marriage. Surely This is God speaking to your marriage, but he needs your mouth to say what he says to your marriage. Surely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I will breathe, I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. We could close the book and that, like we could close the book and say good night. He says, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. He says, then you shall know that I am the Lord. What is God saying when it comes to your marriage? Number one, open up your mouth and say to your marriage right where it's at. I don't, I don't care how you, how you measure the dryness of your marriage. God says, open up your mouth and speak my words to your marriage. And he says, surely beyond a shadow of a doubt. He's going to cause his breath. Listen, his word brings his breath. What did he do with Adam? He breathed the breath. He breathed his breath 
into Adam. Adam was a form. He breathed his breath into Adam and Adam became a living soul. He says, I will breathe, speak my word into your marriage and my word in my word is my breath. My breath, which equates life, comes from my word. It's contained in my words. Speak my word into your marriage and I will cause breath to enter into it. I will cause life to enter into I will cause life to enter into your marriage. And it shall live. And now here here's here's the thing with God. God don't know how to do anything small. He says he says not only is it going to live, he says but now I'm going to cover it. I'm going to start covering it up. I'm, 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 I'm going to put the mechanics there. And then I'm going to cover it up. Okay, so sorry about that. My alarm went off and so we got cut off. So like I was saying, God is saying, speak my word, which carries in it, which is the breath of God. Speak that into your marriage. And he says, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. So he's going to put in place the mechanics. The sinews are the mechanics for that thing to function and do the thing that it's supposed to do. And think about your body. Do you know everything that your skin is covering up? Your skin covers up all the mechanics. All the bones, all the ligaments, all the tissues, all the muscles, the veins, the arteries, the uh, the organs, all the mechanics that make you function as a human being, God has covered with skin. So literally, that's what he's saying into your marriage. You speak it. I'm going to build... I'm. I'm building the mechanics. I'm putting the mechanics in place. All the technical stuff. Well, I'm not saying our bodies are technical, but he's putting all of that stuff together inside that makes the body function, that makes the marriage function, that makes the marriage work. The bone, the bone marrow. The plasma, like everything, the heart, all of the systems that's needed to make the thing function. He says, then I'm covering it up with skin. I'm covering it up. I'm going to cover it up. I'm going to breathe into it. I'm going to put all the mechanics that's needed for this thing to function. Then I'm going to cover it up. And put breath in it. Because see, God says, your marriage is not just a form. Okay? Your, your marriage isn't just a form. Like, like, you are not just married to be married for the sake of being married. No, your marriage isn't a form. Meaning, it is not, your marriage is not supposed to be lifeless. Your, 
It is a it is contrary to the word of God and the will of God for your marriage to be lifeless, for your marriage not to be producing the things that God desires for it to be producing. That is is contrary. Like a dead married marriage is an oxymoron. So it's not just supposed to be a form. It's not just supposed to have a shape and like, that's it. No, your marriage is supposed to be life. Your marriage is supposed to be life. It's supposed to exhibit life. It's supposed to exude life. Just like your body exhibits and exudes life. That is what your marriage is supposed to be doing. So anything that is not doing that is contrary to the will of God. And if you belong to God, that means that that is not what you're supposed to have. That's not your portion. And I don't know about you, but like I get upset if I don't get my portion. If if I don't get what I'm supposed to get, what I know belong, I get upset. I get upset and I will fight you for my portion. I will fight you for my portion. I might I'm not going phys- I'm not going to physically fight you for my portion, but I will fight you for my portion. If you don't give me what belongs to me, what I know is mine, I I will fight you for my portion. You remember in scripture how how the word of God says that little that little lady that wanted the judge to do something for her, she came back and, and and she was knocking on his door like day and night. Um, sir, sir, I need you to come downstairs and do this thing. I need you to do this thing. And it says that the judge was like, Man, I'm not gonna get any sleep. I'm not gonna get any rest until I do this thing for this woman because she's she's just gonna keep coming back every single day and every single night until I do it. That woman is me. I'm going to pester you until you give me what I know belongs to me. I don't don't care if you say, well, it's not in my, you know, that's above me. It's not in my authority whatever. I'm going to keep coming until I get what I know belongs to me. Now, if I'm not sure it belongs to me, then I'm going to be like, "Mm, okay. And I may walk away. But if I know it belongs to me, I'm coming back to get what belongs to me. And as a child of God, Not just marriage, but a marriage full of life. That belongs to you. That is your portion. And if you don't have your portion, don't just sit there and take it. No. Now, the enemy wants you to sit there and take it. And that's why the enemy will be like, girl, say this right here. And let your emotion lead. Well, he ain't going to tell you that that it's your emotions leading you. You going to think that you doing the thing. But really, it's the enemy at operation in and through you causing your mouth to flap on stuff when your mouth should be closed or when your mouth should be saying something else. In every situation, in every circumstance, in every issue of life, there is only one person who is betting on you to fail. And that is the same person who only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And now, unless you're team Satan, unless you're team devil, Unless you're team hell, that should make you upset. 
that should make you upset. A house divided cannot stand. It's either you team God or you team Satan. You can't have it both ways. You can't be on both teams. And there is no middle area. There is no gray area. It's one or the other. Decide. Choose and decide. A marriage that is full of life is your portion. If you belong to God. If you belong to God, that is your portion. That, that's your portion. That. That's your inheritance. That's a part of your inheritance. That's a part of the will. Are you telling me that you don't want what's in the will? Are, Are you telling me that the satisfaction of you saying something out the side of your mouth to get back at your husband? And again, we got knocked off because a call came in. But you you can't tell me that God has given you this inheritance, this thing. This marriage, it's not just some willy-nilly thing and you don't want all of what God has given you. Get it all because he intended for you to have it all. So get it all. It's your inheritance. It's a part of the will. He's given it to you. I'm, I'm going to have to, um, I don't know the scripture, but it's in the Bible. I promise you, Google it and you will find it. It says, I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. I didn't miss nothing. I didn't leave anything out of the equation. It belongs to you. That's yours. It's in the will. It's yours. Get it. Get it. You don't even have to like, like, like you don't even, there there is no money that you have to pay for it in order to get it. It's been willed to you. It's been given to you. Don't leave stuff on the table that's been freely given to you. We have to get out of God's way to get what God has already given us. Ain't that? Now that seems dumb, but that's exactly what we have to do. We have to get out of God's way in order to get what God has for us. So the moment we move out of the way is the moment that we'll get what God has for us. The moment we move out of the way is the moment that we're going to get what God has for us. And I don't know about you. But as for me, and and I honestly think that I can speak on behalf of the vast majority of women, of of wives, of married women. That you want what God has for you. It hurts. Yes, you might cry. You might get upset. You, this might happen and that might happen and blah, 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 blah. And, and, I'm, and I'm not, uh, I'm not um, uh, making light of anything that happens in marriage or, or that's happened to your marriage. Or, or I'm, I'm, I'm not making light of it like, oh, it's just a light thing. Oh, get over it. 
I'm, I'm not, I'm not making it out to be a light thing, but what I am doing is telling you that when it compared, that compared to God, that it is but a very light thing. When you get up out of your emotions and you allow God's breath to breathe into that thing, to put, to set the mechanics. And now I want to tell you something. Listen here. Because, you know, a lot of times in situations and including in marriage, whenever a situation or an issue or a circumstance has arise, a lot of times we have a tendency to look at the other person and say, God, you know, when you fix this, our, our focus is the other person. It's the other person that needs fixing. It's the other person that that God needs to deal with. It's the other person. It's not us. It's the other person. Because see, if the other person hadn't done whatever it is that the other person did, then we would not have to do, we wouldn't have had to do what we did. Or we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have, have had to say what we said. So it's the other person's fault. Well, truth of the matter is, Think about this. When you stand before God, we're talking, we're sisters, we're girlfriends, so we can talk like this. So when you stand before God at the end of the day, when you stand before God and God starts Asking for an account of your life. Do you know whose account he's asking for? He's asking for your account, not your husband's account, not what your husband did to you, did to you, not what your coworkers did, not what that person did or that person did or that person did or whoever, not, not what your children did, not what your mama did, your daddy did. He's not asking about any of that. No, he's asking for your account. What did you do? That's what he's, that's what, like, do you know that we are only responsible for what we did? What we do. Like God don't justify us and say, well, Cindy, you know, yep, that person, you know, talked out the left side or out of, out of the left side of their mouth to you. And so I understand why you went off like that. No, no. Listen, God don't take side. God don't play favorites. I can be walking in the cool of the day with God, you know, at 12 noon. And then at 12.15, I go bonkers out of my mouth. And and, and that issue is brought before God. God ain't going to be like, God ain't going to be like, and I know, I know I should say isn't, but Anyway, God ain't going to be like, well, Cindy, my friend, and I understand why Cindy did that. No, God's going to be like, Cindy, you wrong. And not only are you wrong, but you dead wrong. And you know, you wrong. You knew you were wrong before you even said or did whatever it is that you did. God don't take sides because someone did something to us and we responded in an ungodly way or we said something that was not godly or whatever. 
God don't care about what somebody else did. What he wants to know is what did you do? What did you do? How did you respond? In that moment, did you present me? Did your words look like me? Did your actions exhibit me? Did they, did they demonstrate me? If, if I took your words or I took your actions and I displayed them in a room full of non-believers, will they be persuaded to believe me? Meaning believe that I am God based solely on your emotions. I'm sorry, based solely on your words, based solely on your actions. Would a room of non-believers be persuaded to believe that I am God? Or would they run the other way? Hmm? Hmm? So think, we have to think about that in all of our interactions. And is it easy? No. No, it's not easy. But guess what? God said, my grace is sufficient. So stop making excuses for why you can't do what I've already called you to do. Literally, that's technically what that scripture means. My grace is sufficient. So stop making excuses that he made me do it or she made me do it. Or I did it because God says, stop making, stop making excuses. Stop making excuses to lie to yourself, to do stuff, to say stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing and that you shouldn't be saying. Yep. Marriage can be hard. Marriage can have the, this, that, and the other, all these things. My grace is sufficient. How are you going to argue with God? You may argue with me and you may argue with man, but you can't argue with God. God says, I've graced you to be able to do the things that you, the things that I know you're able to do. Not, not, not just the things that you do, because some of the stuff that you do is messed up. Let's be honest, because you know it. You say stuff that you know you shouldn't say. You do stuff that you know you shouldn't do. And God's response to all of it is my grace is sufficient. And furthermore, the moment that you are at your weakest and yes, you want to go off. God says my strength when you lean on me and not to your own understanding, not to your own feelings, not to your own flesh, not to what you want to do. But my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So there is no excuse. There is no excuse. That doesn't mean that you're perfect. Because none of us are perfect. God says, but my grace is sufficient. So stop using excuses to do what you want to do. Stop using excuses to keep your hand on this marriage. Stop using excuses to not give me what only I can fix. Stop using excuses. Y'all, we're going to pick this up next week or in the next episode. Thanks for joining. I hope that your, I hope that your spirit, I hope that your flesh, I hope that you are hearing something that causes you to run to God. I will see you all next episode.
Thank you so much for being a part of our listening audience on today. Remember, you can always join us on our social media outlets on Facebook, on Instagram, as well as on YouTube under as Cynthia McClary. So we're Cynthia McClary on Facebook, Cynthia McClary on Instagram, and Cynthia McClary on YouTube. So please go to our page, like, follow, share, uh, subscribe on YouTube, and make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. The podcast is I'm That Proverbs 31 Girl. Again, we thank you so much for being a part of our listening audience.